and welcome to Seize the GM. If you're looking to get started GMing, we're here to help. And if you're a GM with a few levels under your experience belt, we are here to help you find your prestige class. Let us take you through some common questions, concerns, and the fun challenges that every GM will face. We have our ideas, our opinions, and some might even say answers that we want to share. So pull up a chair, dust off your dice, and let us help you seize the GM. Hello, welcome back to Seize the GM. I have both good news and bad news for you. You, you've, oh my gosh, don't tell me it's happened. The wonderful news, oh my gosh. You're, you're finally going to be able to, the, the man of mystery, the man abroad, telling wonderful tales of his travels and the delicious foods he's eaten. Uh, no, sadly not yet. Have not won the lottery. And the bad news is Zen's not going to be with us today. Uh, but the good news is we're still getting an episode out to you if you're listening along at home. And in light of a couple of things, we shifted from the kind of the planned uh, idea of inspirations for a particular type of campaign, a combat-heavy one at that, and thought as we were coming towards the end of Mental Health Awareness Month here in the U.S., we'd actually look at you know, the kind of things that GMing has taught us about life and what we can take uh, from that table experience to our to our meat space and kind of day-to-day life. And uh, we mm-hmm. kind of came up with things that feed into that whole mental health component about dealing with uh, stress and craziness and things that affect us to this day. And so while uh, you don't have Zen, you got me and... And you got me, and I do apologize for everyone for that. <laughs> but the thing is that here, the thing is, you don't even realize sometimes what you've learned and what you start applying in your real life, you know, the the skills. It's, it's, it's very subtle and kind of weird in a way. And honestly, it, it, it kind of surprised me when I realized, it's like, wait a minute, I did that a couple months ago in, Oh, so and cool. It's also kind of neat place to kind of I don't want to it's like fake it till you make it kind of a thing, like things you never thought you'd be able to do. But you do in game as you're running the game. And then all of a sudden, oh, I mean, has that happened to you? Because it it shocked the heck out of me. Absolutely. And one of the arguments about or in favor of role-playing games from, you know, the 80s on, was that it, it provided socialization. It provided some problem-solving techniques. It actually contributed to to the people playing and, and for our standpoint, the people running the mm-hmm. game's life. And this absolutely is true. And as I sat back and was kind of thinking about this topic, there were very much some really significant things that I took from running games and being at the table and then especially yeah. especially after 2020 and <laughs> you oh my gosh you ain't kidding there were unique challenges and stresses that were put on pretty much all of us in 2020 if you are listening to this in the far-flung future and historical records are incomplete we had a global pandemic for the first time in about a century and no one really wasn't Entirely prepared for, you know, shutting down in-person 
business and jobs and just the way things changed kind of brought out a lot of what could be stressful. And I think a follow up to this at some point is what we may have learned that's a positive about ourselves and probably gaming style from from mm. 2020. And so well, you, you're being Generation X, and I am uh, the Oregon Trail generation. We are pretty much, you know, hey, left alone to our own devices, we're already ahead of the game. But, you know, as a general rule of thumb, extra- not everybody. Us extroverts had a really hard time with 2020. It's like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm old enough to, you know, Commodore 64 was the first computer we had, but being an extrovert in 2020 was hard where you didn't have actual interactions and even zoom and online chat rooms only go so far but that's a whole other topic for another time <laughs> yeah so i i gotta ask you i gotta ask you the th- the one thing that you know i, I guess that you kind of realize and you know also being at the end of mental health month kind of a thing is like i, I gotta ask what kind of skills i guess did you pick up from the gm cable yourself that you think kind of saved your sanity and kind of made you deal with stuff in a healthier manner what was your best at least your most memorable i guess well i think i think the most important thing that i've taken away from a gm table that especially in the last like year or so year and a half i've really applied to my life is is kind of a plum and grace A-P-L-O-M-B, for those of you following along at home, not the stone fruit, different story. <laughs> we we all make mistakes at times. I, I've made my fair share of them. We've all had setbacks and had to deal with unexpected, you know, unfortunate or, or painful events. And handling those with, you know, aplomb, with grace is hard. You know, how we respond to those kinds of moments is, I think, a truer measure of the person than, than you know, what you've accomplished absent them. And mm-hmm. the ability to accept, the ability to kind of roll with or at least allow those negative things to occur without, you know, bristling, without fighting back as hard, I think is the most important thing. And that comes from the GM table for me. Uh, what I see, what I hear, what I look at is dealing with players just playing going off the rails. I mean, there are no two ways to put it. I, I am a top-down <laughs> yeah. designer. I have the world mm-hmm. set. I know what's going on. There is a tableau in front of you, and it doesn't matter. There's a hill I didn't see the PCs decide to go over. Oh, um, Understand. And it's like, why are you looking at the donkey? He's a set piece. And so handling that and kind of accepting that, being able to just kind of do a heavy blink when the dice, for whatever reason, decide the big bad evil guy is not actually going to be a big bad evil guy, but is instead going to be a squeeze. Definitely, <laughs> that, that's kind of, I think that's the most important thing for me. I, I've taken away from GMing, especially over the last year and a half, two years, and actually applied and something that I feel like I have uh, been working on and, and gotten into practice. Uh, have you had that experience? Have you ever, you know, kind of felt like dealing with players going off the rails or doing something completely out of the bounds of, of 
possibly your social compact with them. That's a whole other topic, oh, yeah. bad players. Uh, <laughs> have you had that experience about applying that kind of a, a equanimity to your life? Well, it, when when games, when certain things go off the rails and the the one thing I actually kind of learned is like, okay, I try and roll with it, try and roll with it. But if I'm hitting something where I can't think my way around it or I can't plan far enough ahead or I don't have something perfectly balanced that would make it enjoyable, I own up. I'm like, hey, sorry, guys, you know what? I go on as far as I can go. We can either, you know, wing it and see what the heck happens and, you know, I'll know kind of better what you want to do next time. or if you give me a minute, I can sit, you know, we can do dinner. You give me some time to plan. What would you guys like? So there it's the, Hey, it's the, Hey, you know what? This took a term I wasn't expecting. This is fun. You know, acknowledging that it's like, no, you didn't ruin my campaign unless somebody set the table on fire, but that's different. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and that almost happened. We had a spark from a candle and, uh, you know, so it's the, Hey, you know what? It's like I've I've pushed myself as far, but you know what? You guys went away I wasn't expecting, and I'm sorry. There's only kind of so much that I can do. How would you guys like? Here are some things I can do for you, and offering that kind of it's like would these kind of solutions be okay with you guys? And if none of them work, it's like okay, well, you know, kind of. What do you want? And I guess, you know, admitting that where my shortcomings are, you know, because no one wants to think that, you know, they're not, we all know we're not perfect, but we all want to think sometimes we're pretty awesome and finding you can't do something kind of hurts. So I guess that's me. That, that ability to kind of acknowledge that limit, it's hard. And I think a lot of people may have had a similar experience uh, about trying to do everything, trying to be everything to everyone and, and pulling back and being able to hand that off or being able to know that's, <laughs> that, that's, that's Adam. I, I cannot stretch far enough to grab that brass ring. Uh, yeah. It, it, it's not easy, but it's good. Um, it's good to be able to do because you get further along. Uh, what I mean, what else has helped you, especially well, you're looking at looking at the GMing? Well, how, kind of how, tying how, into that, kind of actually tying into that is is I call it like knowing when to walk away. Is like pretty much when uh, a just the, the horse is beyond beaten. It's become a smushed, bloody smear upon the floor, completely unrecognizable. Knowing the it's like, hey, you know what? We can't. So, like, if a discussion with your players, if they're all trying to figure out what the heck they want to do, and it starts going in a circle, 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 and it won't stop, you know, pretty much saying, hey, you know what, guys, we're talking in circles, why don't we table this, and if it completely derails it, that's fine, that's okay, the thing is, like, it beating your head against a brick wall is only going to give you a concussion and eventual memory loss, because that's why you keep going back and recycling and recycling about it, and to kind of realize that, you know, it's like, there's not much more I can do, or there's not much that we can be done where, you know, identifying it in yourself, which is why I said, hey, guys, I don't know what else we can do. If you give me a minute, we can try and wing it. I can't promise, you know, everything's going to be balanced, or we can, you can give me a minute to check. 
or when to say, hey, guys, you know what? I, I think that's good for the night because if everyone's getting angry and no one's having fun anymore and recognizing it, it's like I might be having fun. But if you're looking at it and the, everyone's kind of angry and they're all arguing the same argument, it's like, guys, no, no, no one's having fun. You're, you're all yelling the same stuff and no one's able to get out of the rut. So it's knowing when to, you know, stop before almost irreparable damage is done to your your player's psyche, yourself, and your game. I mean, you ever been something like that? Yeah. Yeah, actually, I like to kind of think about that as winning doesn't always mean getting the W. Just because I want something, just because I, I have dug in for something for a particular result doesn't mean that that getting it is going to be the best option. And especially in table management, especially as, you know, trying to run for a party, sometimes it means giving up what I want as the GM for the story to be so that the players can have their enjoyment. And, and this also goes back to being a player in a game. Sometimes I, I have to know when to let go of parts of my character ideas or what I want a, a game to be because more people want to do something else and it's important not to just fight for the sake of fighting. And that's um, yeah, that, that's part of how I'd describe you know, what you're talking about. And I, actually, I'd be really curious to hear from our listeners. You know the pitch. It's coming at some point in every episode. To find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Discord, Patreon, and let us know... Yeah, you know, the kind of conflicts you've had at a table where you realized it was easier or better to just walk away and whether you've been able to kind of use that in meat space, use that in, in, in your day-to-day -day life. Uh, oh, yeah. it's It comes into – it. you don't realize it, but if work, if everyone's arguing about the same things, like we have to get this done, but there isn't time, it's just like, guys, let's go to lunch. We'll think about it at lunch, see if we could come up with new ideas. Because everyone's going to argue hangry. That doesn't work. I'm sure you've had to deal with that kind of stuff in with family or, you know, uh, or it's like trying to get an idea across if you're trying to, to express as like, hey, no, I need these ingredients. And the guy's just not listening to you. You know, if you go to the butcher or something. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And it's... <laughs> Definitely one of those things that can be a challenge, um, especially because if you're a GM at some at some level, you want to be in charge. At, at some level, you have a desire to manage the world, either directly or indirectly. And you know, we can discuss at some other episode what that says about you. Hmm. <laughs> Psychological deep dives. Oh, I mean, if you're a politician who runs for office, you have a very healthy level of ego. Some would say an overly healthy level of ego, no matter if you agree with that politician or not. If you're a GM, you have a healthy level of a desire for control. And that can be dangerous. That can be... Uh, its own, you know, downfall. Uh, all of these kind of seem to be coming off of double-edged swords where, where we come Pride up Pride goes before a fall, right? Exactly. Uh, so something else that, that as I 
as I got older in my time as a GM, <laughs> when I stopped going uphill both ways to and from school in the snow, and it was ice. And it was raining and snowing with thunder. At the same time, thunder snow is real, youngins. Fear <laughs> the thunder snow. <laughs> uh, I, I had to I learn. I love your voice when you do that. Sorry. <laughs> Just makes me happy. I had to learn when to actually stop preparing. Uh, yeah, we already mentioned I'm, I'm a top-down GM. I, I have <laughs> three-inch binders full of, like, the whole continent of information when you're not probably going to leave a, a single valley. And so oh, yeah. my tendency is to do more. And that, you know, can roll over into real life as well, especially as, you know, kind of one of those coping mechanisms as someone who's ADHD one way I try to, you know, deal with that, one of my, you know, kind of kind of adaptive mechanisms is scheduling, planning, is is that, you know, you look like you're really organized. I'm truly not by nature, but observe the color-coded tabs to my left. And it's seductive to keep preparing. It's seductive to try to put everything in place. It's almost what? a binky, isn't it? You know, it's just like it, it's your comfort blanket because it's like if I am preparing, then there is nothing that can surprise me. And I'm not going to have to worry about losing something because I have to pull something off the cuff and then forgetting it and then going off the rails. And if I just spend a little more time preparing, it can never go off the rails. Mm -hmm. It's a seductive trap, but I, I suffer severely from ADD and I know how that goes. And so that's that's part of what, you know, I, I learned DMing, GMing running games is that like the the a plum and grace part the other side of this is they went over a hill i forgot existed okay well something's over that hill and it's hard it, it, it's hard for this boy scout senior patrol leader order of the arrow be prepared kind of person to mm. admit that at some point at some point, you've got enough of a framework. At some point, you just have to roll the dice and see what happens. And do you have that fear that if, because if you didn't prepare for it, you wouldn't be able to handle it if something comes up? Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm, I'm terrified yeah. that I would not be able to actually pull whatever it is off that I'm thinking about ahead of time. And it it's almost like analysis paralysis, where it's not that I'm I'm going through and trying to figure out every possible in or out about what I'm about to do, but I'm figuring out every in and out ahead of time before the decision has to be made to already have the analysis that would be, that's say, be the analysis paralysis of the time done. Oh, gosh. Or it, it, you, you, I saw this on Legal Legal, and it, he was doing a meme review, and he's like, there's it was a picture of a woman angrily sitting there smoking a cigarette. Is like, you know, after closing argument, after like arguments, and you're just thinking of the perfect rebuttals right then because, ah, that's something you didn't quite prepare for. I'm like, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And GMing, DMing, running games helps me and has helped me kind of realize or, or remember that moving forward is always better than being static. And sometimes that means you have to stop preparing. You've got 
plans A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, all done. Plan Q doesn't matter, and R, S, and T, frankly, aren't going to add anything. Just go. And I'm, I'm going to quote Spacebar, Spaceball's Darth Helmet. It's like, why are you preparing? You're always preparing. Just go! Because <laughs> there's also that part of your brain that's doing that, too. So you're kind of, like, arguing with yourself in there, and you're like, mm! Like the analysis paralysis, was, I guess it's more the planning paralysis, I guess you'd call it. Yeah, it's just, you know, pre-analysis paralysis. <laughs> and it, I, I really, I really am curious to hear from anybody who listens to, you know, kind of let us know if that's something you've also shared. I've kind of been paying attention to like my hobbies and things I do and, and seeing a, a high percentage of, uh, of neurodiverse people in those hobbies and those activities and so i'm kind of curious to hear from people if, if they have similar you know kind of backgrounds if you're let's say comfortable sharing about adhd and, and you have similar kind of a response both in games and in, in meat space i i would love to know that and hear that mm. uh, so yeah find us please yeah. let us know and, and to let you know that also, guys, if you've all hit something like this, you know, you're struggling with it now, you're not alone. You know, the thing is, like, though, it's it's like the, it's the joke. How do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice. So how are you going to be a great DM? Practice. It's OK. Well, and the episode's going to run shorter than usual today, but we could probably talk a lot about you know the mental health components and it being mental health awareness month and all of those things but jules do you have anything else that you had kind of thought about gming that has brought you that you've pulled into kind of your day-to-day -day life oh yeah uh <laughs> all right i as a ch as a child from of abuse uh, in a lot of it because I am ADHD, surprisingly enough, you know, it, it's, it, I got the pretty much is like, you know, I, a lot of my agency was taken away kind of describing about it. It's like, no one wants to hear you just shut up and listen, shut up and listen. And when I am in a sort of position of power, you know, because I had that beaten into me, it's like everyone would try and run rough shot over me, take control. And it's, it took, I actually learned in DM is just like when, how to take control of the situation, how to be taught, not to be run over and railroaded and talked over. And, you know, as a GM, you have to do that. So if I was running a game and I had everyone trying to run around, it's just like I had to learn quickly uh, whether they're an asshole and I'm booting them from the game because they're just an asshole and being abusive. Or, you know, they were, that's just was the dynamic and I had to change the dynamic so I could run my game i could answer questions um i wasn't being bully browbeat into decisions you know saying all right fine whatever no it's, it's taking control without being a jerkwad over it and that holy crap that translated into real life so much better it's like before it's like of course yeah we all were <laughs> working retail and you know i had asshole managers and you know i it, it was the that whole, okay, well, they have power over me and I'm cowering. And I just, I got, you know, I was working 60, 70, 80 hours a week and they weren't hiring anybody and they weren't paying overtime, which was against the law, but that's okay. Uh, Cause they're out of business now, but stuff like that. And, and learning not to take that, taking control, taking back your own power, but using it not to beat somebody else up, but just to say, no, I am, I am worth it. I am speaking here. I have something of value to bring up. And if you can't participate, you are free to leave. 
And I've been able to turn that at meetings. And it's, you know, and kind of also as a, as a side note is also rather than keeping a stranglehold over that power is, okay, while well, you're doing that and then looking, it's just like, hey, you know what? There's a good discussion over there. Everyone, shh, let's listen to them. And maybe throwing in a couple words and maybe guide the, you know, or bring up a thoughtful thing they might be able to integrate as they're hammering out something that's really important, you know, in game. So, you know, hey, we're trying to tr troubleshoot at a meeting and we're all coming up with ideas. And then two people start uh, bouncing ideas back and forth and it's going in a really good direction. So you're wanting, controlling everyone else to shh, listen, and maybe inject a good question or a comment, see where else other things get you know, without, you know, beating them over the head, you, you will discuss this and you will find out exactly what's going on. No, that doesn't work in a game uh, unless you're playing the troll guard. It's like, you will answer my riddle. Bam, bam, bam. You know. <laughs> and it's also kind of weird because you can, as NPCs, kind of trying out personalities and different ways of authority to kind of practice it. You know, how to be authoritative without being the asshole how to be an asshole and authoritative, just kind of feel what that is. You know, it, it helped kind of explore and break through that, that whole, I couldn't speak. And to figure out, so pretty much for a lot of it, it's like, I kind of tried to pride like in different characters and power, working with the, working with the PCs, trying out different personalities and techniques and stuff that I read about and learned about to see if it would work. Cause there it was safe. It was like, well, they hate that guy. I'm like, well, yeah, uh, all right. He was supposed to be an NPC. That's helpful. But like, no, no, okay, now he's the asshole mage. That's okay. <laughs> well, and I, in a lot of ways, getting to GM also helped with, you know, the times I'm in leadership roles. It's not as often as it used to be, but it's one of those things where you do at some point in your life have to lead a group. Almost everyone, even if they don't, feel inclined and they don't want to maybe it's work maybe it's you know scouting maybe it is just organizing the block cleanup maybe it's hey hey you situations that happen and you're leading a conga line through a piano bar the next thing you know and see so you doing that because honestly you have the best hat with the table to lead the line because no one is as stylish as you my friend <laughs> i will not say how many of those things i have or have not done but I will say that being a GM helps kind of synthesize some of those things. Uh, it's fake. It's fake leadership, but not fake skills. It's not the, or I would I would say more of like leadership without world breaking your life breaking consequences. Because if you're in a leadership position, you screw up, the company goes out of business, kind of a thing. It gets you comfortable in a leadership position where the stakes are can feel as as you know, the world's going to end. But at the end of the day, if even if it doesn't quite go right, at the end of it, you're still around your friends and they can give you feedback on what they liked about that scene. It's just like, hey, you know what? That scared the crap out of me. Ooh, it's like, yeah, you know what? That's really good if I wanted to, you know, if somebody's bullying somebody, but not something to use in a board meeting. Well, and all the kind of things we talked about today kind of go into leadership. Being able to handle failure with something that resembles uh, uh, honor and grace, knowing that there are times you have to not solve the problem immediately, but let your best, you know, 
processes and problem solving abilities come back with a break knowing that there are times where you cannot have every contingency covered and you just have to go forward and learning when and there are times that it's just not worth it these are all part of leading non-gaming situations and so and, yeah and i didn't i'll be honest I, growing up especially you know it's like with a disability uh growing up um with add and now currently due to uh copper toxicity i have brain damage so i had to actually relearn some of these skills and the safest place to do it to to experiment to and you know, and the thing is, like, you're playing with friends or playing with people that you kind of get along with. And if you, as you said, a plum and grace, you bork something up. You say, look, it's, it's, the, it's the hardest one to do, but it's the most rewarding. It's like, I'm sorry. I apologize. I will. And, and learning from that because certain, it's like you have, you know, it's like, it's like a stroke victim kind of a thing. And they're relearning how to walk. They're going to stumble a couple times, but get back up again, stronger. And it's it, it, thinking about doing that in the real world is terrifying, but doing it in the game around your friends when you're smashing orcs or or uh, running on the corpse or or shooting, you know, you know, you got the the big iron on your hip. You feel a little bit safer to kind of try and learn it again. It's and unlike people that don't have this hobby, you you know, here you actually have a place where it is possible to practice. And you have people that can support you. So, and it's scary. But to be honest, it, it's, you know, here's the thing. Being called out by one of your friends and them explaining is, what's he, I don't bristle as much when somebody calls me out. Like with the plum and grace, one of my friends says something, I'm willing to listen to him rather than my boss yelling at me. And then you're just like, it's just my boss. He hates me. I don't know if that, I don't know. It makes sense. And it's a really good place to kind of end the segment. And hopefully you've stuck with us and listened along. And next time we should be back on the inspiration for a, a combat heavy game, similar to the previous episode. And I promise we will not be singing the one punch man theme song. Although that song is awesome, but none of us have that vocal range. <laughs> I try not to sing generally. Normally, we would, you know, go into our lexicon and our stat blocks, but today we're just going to cut right to our closing remarks and, you know, be concise and, and kind of tight. So, Jules, what do you have? Well, um, as I told you before the show, I have stumbled across probably the most neatest thing I have ever come across. And there's a YouTube channel called Drawfee Show and there's a link in the doobly-doo and pretty much it's these four artists of in all different styles and they do different types of art challenges and it's probably the coolest thing in the world they they did a draw a hollow knight character in dark souls style and vice versa and they did okay draw a, a disney character as a dark souls character which was probably one of the coolest things or the the one that they uh, they today's drop was four artists design characters all from the same description, but my personal favorite is turning famous paintings into fabulous anime. 
And I went, I, I was watching this at the edge of my seat. And at, as they were doing as I was clapping and clapping. And it just brought me so much joy watching them all come up with these amazing just creations. And I'm just smiling. And it's, it, I don't know what it is, but it just, it makes you feel just happy. And some of them are silly. And some of them are just, you know, delightful. And all of them, it's like some of them, it's like, you know what? I would buy that art and put it on my wall. So, you know, watch. And they're about a half hour, 40 minutes long, give or take. So, and that's for four artists. So I'd recommend it. What have you got, Gordon Manger? Take us home. Well, I mentioned early on that it's Mental Health Awareness Month. And I think it would be remiss not to mention the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And there's a link in the doodly-doo, but... The number in the U.S. Is, at least is 1-800-273-8255. It is a number that provides free and confidential support to people in suicidal crisis or emotional distress. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Life's hard, and there's nothing wrong or at least incorrect about being in pain, including mental pain. If you're feeling at risk for suicide, reach out. You're not alone. And there are people who will listen. There are people who will talk to you. And there are people who do care. Mental health is health. And it's a good time for us to be mindful that all of us can do a better job taking care of our own. Yeah. And the thing is, it's, if you've gotten through the day, you've gotten through the mid, you got through the second, you survived another second, I'm proud of you. That's a victory. But sometimes you just need that help. So I've used that. I will, I'll be honest, I have called that number before. And I, I'm still here because of it. So... So remember, at the very least, that what you can learn from GMing can save a life, and that life might be yours. And we'd really like it for you to be back next time when we talk to you again here at Seize the GM. So everybody out there, take care of yourself. Stay safe. And definitely find the time to roll some dice. And play and some, some great fun. games. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for checking in. It was a blast sharing our thoughts and ideas on our time. We hope that you had a great time with us and could hardly wait to share the next show. In the meantime, let us know how you handled this topic in your own games. You can find us on most social media platforms, especially Twitter. Facebook and Instagram. And if you want to follow us, search for Seize the GM. And if you just want to follow one of us, search for our names on the social media platform of your choice or go to SeizeTheGM.com for convenient links. Seize the GM is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. All copyrighted material referenced herein are held by the respective owners. No infringement intended and no claim of ownership is needed.
Once again, thanks to you, our listeners. We hope you gained some ideas for your ongoing games. Or the inspiration to run your first. Now get out there and play some games. Roll some dice. Be safe, and you'll hear from us again soon.